Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself have a Q&A session answering questions from you, the listener. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Yes, welcome. We are, we're glad to be in the wild west of uh, podcast episodes, Q&A episodes. Yeah. yeah. Ten below outside, and we're yes. going to talk also about the vocation of cheating in baseball, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and apparently by the questions that were solicited, the vocation of being a Vikings fan. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, we love sports. I'm yeah. grieving just a bit because the Ravens lost, and I don't know when this is going to air, but mm-hmm. yeah. No purple It'll in the Super while. Bowl this year. That's yeah. right. What else is new? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, coming from the Chi-Town boy. That's right. This is the Wild yeah. West. Yeah, we've got no structure because it's a Q&A episode, so, right. so Brent has bought his, brought his six shooters and he's That's taking right. pot shots left and right. Yeah. I can't wait for the baseball season too to yep. all of the fun. Yeah. Good. We got some great questions from yeah. you, the listener. Yes, and so thank you. Start and, us right off. What is our well yep. and, and to commend the listeners mm-hmm. on two things. Yes, we, we have smart listeners. We have really smart listeners. So on three things. Mm-hmm. We have really smart listeners. Uh, we gave you short notice yeah. one yep. day to come up with questions. We got like six mm-hmm. or eight Really good questions. We're going to spend the next couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really want to say for everyone, uh, since kind of two weeks before Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, we've just had a ton of feedback, mm-hmm. uh, positive feedback, yes. constructive criticism. Love for it. the people who take the time to write us and interact with us, mm-hmm. thank you. Yes, It's always encouraging. It always helps us to be better with these episodes so that we're not wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And, and really, it's an honor that you know, whoever's listening is taking the time to make us a part of your day. So yep. I want to thank you. We are really Aww, looking forward my heart to is it is. We're really looking forward to starting our new unit and on the we, Augsburg Confession. After we yes. come out of shock, then we uh, kind of get back to work, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yep. And we've got, yeah. you know, we're looking forward to our next recording session. We're bringing in another special guest, mm-hmm. a different one uh, that we're all looking forward to yes. uh, launching the unit on the Augsburg Confession with. Awesome. Philip Melanchthon's going to be yeah, here. Yeah, right. <laughs> What would that be like? Necromancy involved no, in it? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> any, any actors out there that can pull off a, a impersonation? Yeah. A kind of timid <laughs> yeah. German teacher? We, we'll see what we can do. I there don't go. equate timidness with the German <laughs> ethnicity too often. <laughs> wow. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and, and thanks for your questions from social media, from both Twitter and Facebook. It's being at beingluthpod at both sites. So thank you for following us and um, submitting questions. And being Lutheran podcast at gmail.com. There you go. Great. All right. So our first question comes from, uh, and I'm sorry, Mr. Brown, if I'm mispronouncing, mispronouncing your name, but Mikiel or Michael, Michael Brown. Um, he says, where do the scriptures teach faith is given in baptism? Romans 10 and 1 Corinthians 1 says it comes via preaching. Jesus said, don't forbid the little ones who believe. Seems they had faith before baptism. Same for adults who hear and believe then are baptized. Thanks. Thank you, Michael or Mr. Brown. Lee, we'll with Mr. Brown. Leroy Brown. No. <laughs> Baddest man. Oh. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Just derail the question before it even starts. So I'm going to agree and disagree with your premise both at the same time. Mm-hmm. The scriptures do teach that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. It is not merely mm-hmm. the act of preaching that delivers faith. It's the act of preaching 
the word of God. It is the message of the gospel in the word of God that delivers faith. And that's where Mm -hmm. the Lutheran theology of baptism lines up with this notion of the preached word of God, Mm -hmm. because both are methods Mm -hmm. of delivering God's word. And so Mm -hmm. when the word is preached, it is the Holy Spirit working through the word of God, applying that to our lives, both law and gospel to convict of sin, bring to repentance and create faith. Uh, in baptism, it is not the water that is efe- that is effective, but it is the water connected with the Word of God that mm-hmm. is laid out beautifully for us by Luther in the four questions of baptism in the small catechism. And so, baptism creates faith because baptism is the application of the Word of God, mm-hmm. and it is the application of the promises of God, and it is the delivery of those promises. And so, it's without the Word of God, and I think why Lutherans are so misunderstood among Protestants, especially today, is that we lose sight and just simply look at the event that we can see mm-hmm. without carrying with it the promises from the Word of God and, in, in reality, the theology of the Word of God. So, the promises, it is the Word of God by God's promise connected to the water. The theology of creating faith comes from Acts 2, 38 and 39. Repent and be baptized. This promise is for you and your children. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's how we know baptism creates faith because the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is given in baptism and the Holy Spirit is the one responsible for that, creating faith. Is that a little bit of a, I'm trying to think of the way to, it maybe doesn't explicitly say that. I think his, the, the, yeah, it's his question is kind of getting at where in scripture does it we teach? I, I, I mean, you, it's a little bit by it's, infer, it's inference, maybe, or it's, by yeah, inference. It's it's the the theological answer to that is what we're mm-hmm. doing is called using the analogy of faith. Is mm-hmm. we are taking the entire counsel of scripture yeah. to yeah. build the theology, and it's not to say it's a valid question. Mm-hmm. There isn't, you know, third Paul sure. doesn't say. Baptism creates faith. Mm-hmm. But we would also remember, and then I'll let you jump in here, Brian. We would also remember that nowhere in Scripture mm-hmm. uh, does the Bible use the word Trinity. Right. And yep. we still, all Orthodox Christians, right. so regardless of denomination, teaching. confess yeah. the Trinity. Mm-hmm. There is a strong passage, and correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but I believe we did a Bible study on this on baptism mm-hmm. in First Peter chapter 3, where we talked about the ark and that no, baptism now. Yeah, we <laughs> did. Actually, we did. We, we know, said I'm baptism now saves kidding. you, but it doesn't really yeah, save you. Right? No, <laughs> and it does. And of course, the ark in that, in that sure. analogy represented the Word of God. It was the Word mm-hmm. of God that saved Noah and his right. sons and, and their family. And so that baptism right. corresponds to this. And now, saves you. So, so we're it, it's, that, very, yeah. it's very strong in that sense. And then also, if you look at what Titus uh, chapter 3, verse 5, mm-hmm. the washing of regeneration and mm-hmm. the renewal. Um, so we're saying it because the word says there is salvation there, how can there be salvation without belief that God has created and worked in us? That So if we're going to build the theology from that direction, which is a mm-hmm. great place to start, an infant eight days old mm-hmm. coming to faith Uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, working through the word of God, delivered with the waters of baptism, that is no greater Mm -hmm. or less miracle than an adult coming to faith, uh, being converted at an evangelistic meeting Mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning. We are all dead in our trespasses and sins. And to quote a pastor that I respect uh, very much, Mm -hmm. dead means dead. Yeah. <laughs> right, Brian? And then I often follow by asking, what can a dead person do to save themselves? And the answer yeah, is. Yeah, right. So, 
But First Peter would be a great Bible study to go to. Yeah. I would really encourage that. And honestly, um, if you would like uh, some good information on that, I know that all of us have uh, strong Lutheran resources that, again, would explain First Peter chapter mm-hmm. 3 in that way. And um, it is, it's the one text that I would say adult baptizing believers mm-hmm. have to kind of do some theological gymnastics with. I, I mean, they say that with grace, mm-hmm. gracefully. Um, but you, it's really tough to get around <laughs> that baptism gymnastics. now saves you because it's the same Greek word that talks that, um, that Peter uses in the beginning where he says, mm-hmm. God has caused us to be born again to a living hope. And mm-hmm. in that salvation, that passage where it talks about the salvation ready yeah. to be revealed. So there it is. Yeah. And, and here's a plug I want to do, and it'll be free advertising both for issues, et cetera, and the people <laughs> involved. But if you want to do some homework on this, mm-hmm. and, and especially the nature of infant faith, yeah. um, Dr. Now, Jordan Cooper, mm-hmm. is doing an excellent series, an excellent and occasional series with Todd Wilkin on issues, etc., mm-hmm. um, interacting with what they're calling Calvinist proof texts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last one in that series, you just go on to issues, go into their on-demand archives, search for Jordan Cooper. It'll be, you know, one of them that came up. Jordan talks in a very scholarly but very easy to understand way about the nature of faith. Mm-hmm. And the Lutheran church for 500 years now has taught that there's a distinction between saving faith and reflective faith. Okay, The faith that the Holy Spirit creates in us to receive the gifts of God for salvation is saving faith. Mm-hmm. That is a creation in us miraculously by the Holy Spirit. We don't cooperate with it. We don't contribute to it. Reflective faith is also a miracle, but that is the ability to express your salvation and confess your faith. Mm-hmm. No one has any, infants don't have reflective faith. Mm-hmm. But if you lose that distinction, not only do you lose the ability to understand how we confess that infants are saved, you really run into areas where you have to struggle with how do you know that mentally ill people Mm. are saved? How do you know uh, the person who's been saved all their lives and then comes down with Alzheimer's and can no longer confess their faith? Those are the same lines. Saving faith is divine monergism 101 in action. Mm. God Mm -hmm. does the work. God gets the credit. We don't cooperate. We don't contribute. And he even guards and protects that salvation. Again, as it says in 1 Peter Mm -hmm. chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. I I love that passage because it's being kept and guarded by by God in heaven for mm-hmm, us, mm-hmm. man! What a what a wonderful promise of assurance of faith mm-hmm. uh, through that. I know. Also in seminary, we talked about John chapter three when Nicodemus went and talked with Jesus, and that statement of volition, being uh, born again, you know, through water and the Spirit. Exactly, and um, that's an interesting Greek word study there too. Yep. That also would support infant baptism and so it's um it's 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 something where you've got to kind of look at the whole of scripture and it's really i think as someone who didn't believe in infant baptism before seminary mm-hmm. uh it was impossible for me to see um infant baptism in scripture without the original language and i know that there are some people that's like well you could use it as a crutch because i don't i don't know greek but um, that's why we studied the original languages mm-hmm. to always go back to the text and to God's in- original yeah, right. intended mm-hmm. meaning. Um, however, I just want to say this for the record: it's never meant to divide. Um, you know, I, I have brothers and sisters in Christ that do not ascribe to infant baptism, and I love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't a- agree with them, but I love them as a brother and sister in Christ. And I just hope that we can always have this conversation, uh, drenched in grace, and yep. always pointing to Jesus. 
So the iron can sharpen iron. It's not a me or them. It's not us versus them. But it's a great question. We appreciate it. And and really, just to get back to the baseline, to answer that, uh, the answer to your question, uh, until we know how to pronounce your first name, Mr. Brown, (laughs) is that you are correct. Nowhere in Scripture does the Bible explicitly state that faith comes with baptism. But the entire counsel of Scripture leads us to confess that baptism Mm -hmm. delivers Mm -hmm. faith and that baptism saves. Mm -hmm. Another great prophecy of salvation and baptism in Ezekiel chapter 36 uh, is also a wonderful place mm-hmm. to look. I believe it's 25 through 27. Dry bones? Uh, no, I will put my spirit within you. I sprinkle mm-hmm. clean water oh, on yeah. you. Okay, that and I will yep. put my spirit within you. And so, I will yep. cause you. And yep. it is really actually a beautiful mm-hmm. look at infant baptism as well as baptism and sure. the regenerative aspect of baptism. Sure. Great question. So thank you, Mr. Brown, for that. <laughs> Seems like every time we yes. say Mr. Brown, because I have... I feel like we have to write a song about it. Well, I have five kids, and I immediately am taken to the realm of Paddington, because oh, wow. the, the, yeah. the dad in Paddington is Mr. Brown. Cool. So I'm not comparing you to that, Mr. Brown, yes. Mr. Brown. What's and, next? And, and for everybody, if we, if you have a, you know, a follow-up question or questions, uh, reach out to us, and yep. we'll... We'll respond to you probably privately. Just be nice. We are human too. That's right. We're fragile. Yeah. All right. Our next question comes from uh, on Twitter, Claire Walker. And she writes, I hear people advise young men in their discernment to enter ministry, but I rarely hear advice for women. I want to be a deaconess, she says. What's the deal? Okay. I, I'm putting my kind of flair on the... This is your yeah. interpretation of the uh, uh, inflection? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is a great question, and to not sound like mm-hmm. a heretic, um, we need more women in ministry. Yeah. Now, I say that we don't need women in the office of the ministry because that <laughs> is— You kind of scared me there yeah, for a second. It's, yeah. That has been closed by Scripture. And we to, should also address that in some churches, a, mm-hmm. a deacon— isn't the ruling spiritual board some have elders that yeah. are and yeah, have deacons that are, are that do more hospitality sure. and service and things right. of that nature. There so, needs to be a clarification yeah. of yeah, terms. Of church leadership. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I would say we're probably even at a majority of Lutheran or Protestant churches, the mm-hmm. spiritual leaders of the congregation are called deacons. And then the material, my division is deacons and trustees mm-hmm. for the... We have elders, deacons, and trustees. So you, yeah, you, we you just hit them all. Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't even have trustees or deacons. Council just members. Elders. Elders. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, uh, we need more women in ministry, specifically yeah. ministering right. to women. And so your desire to be a deaconess, this is inside baseball for AFLC. We don't have that position in our denomination because of misunderstanding and, mm-hmm. and lapsing the the actually the Norwegian church in America a hundred years ago used to have a very strong deaconess program mm-hmm. and we've moved I, away from that. I'd be kind of curious what she means by deaconess, even what... Well, yeah. so if from her perspective, if this is a Missouri Synod context, sure. mm-hmm. um, both of the seminaries, uh, Fort Wayne and St. Louis, have deaconess training programs, and that is women receive a theological education mm-hmm. and a practical education to be used in a congregation where they have a specific role of ministry where they – it's not ordination, it's not the office of the ministry, it's not preaching the word, administering the sacraments, mm-hmm. but it is often either uh, – depending on the context, out east – uh, in in more of the old 
LCA, Lutheran Church in America, deaconess, the office of deaconess was almost like a nurse for the congregation. Yeah, right. Um, but it can also be a, a spiritual role where mm-hmm. women minister to women. Yes. Um, I am a firm believer, and if I get called a Lutheran, I can take it. Uh, that <laughs> or get called a Lutheran, get called a liberal. Oh, a uh, liberal. Yeah. yeah if right. I get called a liberal, I can take it. But I think our seminaries mm-hmm. should be allowing women to attend the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, not, for the another, of, yep, um, not for the purposes of not for the purposes of ordination, but right. we would all all of our churches would be better off. Um, speaking from an AFLC context. Um, the vast majority of our Christian education directors or our Sunday school superintendents are women, mm-hmm. and the congregations would benefit that those individuals would be theologically well-trained and prepared mm-hmm. to evaluate Sunday yeah. school material yep. and, yeah, and curriculums. Uh, mm-hmm. There are times when I have called on, we don't have deaconesses on our council right now, mm-hmm. but I have called on older women in my congregation to fill the role of deaconess to do ministry uh, that I would be uncomfortable doing as a pastor, whether it's confronting a, a single woman who uh, needed to be confronted for sin or ministering when, you know, there's, I don't go into single women's homes. I don't mm-hmm. go into homes when it's just the woman there, you know, things like that. Women are equipped to do that and to minister the gospel in those ways. Yeah. And so there's probably the short answer is there's a whole host of ways yep. through your vocations uh, that you can be a serve. deaconess. Be a, and, yeah, be. Uh, mm-hmm. Claire, to answer your question, if you have occasion and opportunity uh, to be trained as a deaconess, uh, and, and that's some place that you feel called and led to, you know, you confirm that call, enroll in those training programs that would be a benefit to your congregation. If you're wondering how you can function as a deaconess now, um, that would something imp- approach the congregation that you're a member of and ask, is there a role for me to serve mm-hmm. in this capacity? And I would be willing to bet that your pastor will fall <laughs> all over himself saying, yeah. yes, 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 please right. do. Yeah. Uh, I don't recall, I've ever turned away anyone who says, I want to help you <laughs> be mm-hmm. a better pastor. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's what deaconesses do for their pastors. Right. It's really a wonderful opportunity. And informally, uh, for you to be a deaconess, Claire, study scripture, Read good theology books. There's even without the knowledge of the languages, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of good practical theology that you can read that's accessible. Yeah. Um, and privately, if you want to reach out to us, I can make some recommendations. But um, if you want formal training as a deaconess right now, from a Lutheran perspective, the only two options I know of are the uh, Missouri Synod seminaries in mm-hmm. Fort Wayne and St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Even though this has uh, roots, obviously, in the early church and even in church history, uh, it's been kind of, I don't know, kind of revived a little bit through Lutheranism. Almost uniquely Lutheran in the last 200 years of the church. Uh, I can't recall, and I don't speak from experience, but I have no problem shooting from the hip. I think Presbyterians on some occasions have deacon deaconesses, but yeah. Lutherans, I mean, here in Minneapolis, we've had deaconess hospital, and there mm-hmm. are other municipalities around the United States that have had deaconess hospital, and those have been Lutheran hospitals. Yeah, and in as I stated before, we have elders, deacons, and trustees, and we do have women deacons, and they're actually part of the visitation. Yep. Um, committee that we have that go out and visit shut-ins and and help with those things. And so I wish we would do a better job at that. I really do. I think that, um, as she said, I mean, I, I kind of feel it's a bit lopsided there. You know, we're always looking for men to get into the ministry. Well, I think it's really good to encourage women to do the same. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for your question. We really appreciate it. Yeah.
Yeah, you have a scripture to end the episode, Brian? Sure. Why not Romans 16, (laughs) where it says, I commend you and your sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Censoria, and that you would welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she might need from you, for she has been a patron of many and myself as well. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our Q&A discussion. God bless you and have a great week.